0: You are on the Crooked Mile. Join Ed on another fabulous adventure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Welcome again, everyone. Yes, you are on the Crooked Mile. So what do the likes of Abe Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, King George V, oh, and it's nearly identical twin cousin, Nicholas Romanov II, the last Tsar of Russia, actor Dan Haggerty, the man who portrayed Grizzly Adams, Ernest Hemingway, and probably any Viking you could ever think of, oh, and of course, Santa Claus. What do all these men have in common? Well, these men wore some of the best beards in all of human history. Now, The best beard list is actually quite long, and these are just a few. And speaking of history... Once upon a time... No, wait. Since the dawn of time, beards and mustaches, well, facial hair, has played a momentous role not only in a man's appearance, but in all of mankind as well. Throughout all of history, beards have been grown in all shapes and sizes and various styles. And there are a lot of styles, far more than I even knew existed. And they have been influenced by everything from world leaders, war, religion, as well as other bearded fellows. The beard has come to symbolize a wide range of characteristics, such as masculinity, strength, and wisdom. And when you throw Santa Claus into the mix, he not only symbolizes these characteristics, but safety, warmth, tenderness, and kindness as well. Some though, who may not be fans of the beard or facial hair, might assign different characteristics as well. There's a school of thought where historians believe that prehistoric man grew beards primarily for survival purposes. You see, the beard provides warmth during the cold and dark winter months. A thick, bushy beard would help cushion the blow to the face by arrival. Also, the beard was used throughout history as a tool of intimidation. You see, the beard manifests a manlier, more testosterone-saturated look by creating a stronger, thicker jawline. Some statistics suggest that women are helpless and cannot resist the primal urges that the beard brings forth. Other surveys suggest that full bearded men appear older, wiser, more respected, more powerful and of higher status than non-bearded men. (laughs) Now as far as grooming is concerned, there is some cave art that is said to be from around 30,000 B.C. that depicts some men as being clean-shaven. Archaeologists theorize that some men may have shaved their faces with clamshells, sharpened flint rock, or perhaps shark's teeth. Well, now I don't know about all that. We have today at our disposal some of the most fantastic beard trimming and shaving technology and tools available, and I don't hardly use any of them. I don't think I would spend much time trying to shave my face with a rock. Well anyway, the beard certainly has meant and symbolized many things to many cultures throughout history. It is said that Otto the Great would swear on his beard every time he had something of great importance to say. Hmm, I wonder, what kind of place would the world be today if we all had to swear by our beards? Now, in ancient India and other Eastern cultures, beards were revered at a higher level than most anywhere else. The beard was so revered, in fact, that they were used as punishment for crimes. A typical punishment for lascivious behavior, adultery, and other immoral acts, which are all lascivious acts, I believe, but anyway, one was to have their beard cut off to show others that you are not worthy of the honor that it is having a beard. Oh, and sometimes men would also pledge their beards as a payment for a debt. Can you imagine? This is serious! Now, regardless of all the world leader, cultural and celebrity influences, a man's beard is and always has been a very personal thing. For example, in the Middle Ages, touching another man's beard was downright offensive. So much so, That the offensive act could easily end up in a street scuffle or, in more aristocratic circles, it could lead to a duel. May still be true today, but there aren't very many duels reported these days. In ancient Egypt, there are reports that the beard was regarded as a symbol of power, wealth, and importance. In fact, some of the wealthiest men would oftentimes have their beards dyed and then plated with gold thread. The ancient Greeks and neighboring cultures also dressed and treated their beards with an incredible amount of respect. Now, These early forms of grooming has now been replaced with a wide range of excellent waxes, balms and oils to help keep a man's beard looking its best at all times. And the Vikings, yes the Vikings, as they raided and plundered their way across Europe and the rest of the world they did so with some of the most legendary beards in history. With the aid of their beards, the Vikings would strike fear into the hearts of their opponents everywhere they went. And recent archaeological discoveries show that Vikings took great pride in their personal appearance and grooming. They didn't just let their beards run wild. They are regarded now as having had beards that were far more manicured than previously thought. And you know, The best beard going out there is a well-kept, well-cared-for beard. So, keep it clean. The beard, like most everything else, falls in and out of favor and popularity. Back in 331 BC, Alexander the Great ordered all of his men to shave before battle. It is said that Alexander gave this order because he feared the enemy would have a strategic advantage if they were able to grab a hold of his troops by the beard in the middle of heated battle. (laughs) According to some historians, though, Alexander the Great considered himself quite a handsome gent and he didn't want to cover up his good looks with a beard, and he needed an excuse to change a centuries-old cultural norm that found bare faces on men to be effeminate and weak. In medieval times, in Japan, beards were very popular. Samurais were actually required to wear beards. The poor guys who couldn't grow or didn't wear a beard were looked at as inexperienced and weak. The custom was so deeply ingrained into the culture that men who had thin or no beard often wore a fake one. It seems that until the onset of Christianity across Europe, the Anglo-Saxons of the British Isles wore beards and mustaches proudly. A proper beard displayed a knight's virility and honor. The clergy, on the other hand, were required to shave as a symbol of their celibacy, as well as to signal the opposite of what the knights stood for. Then later, the noble class followed suit to fit in with the fashion. Because a true gentleman would not be caught dead mingling with society looking like a common peasant. (laughs) So yes, the popularity of the beard comes and goes. From full beards, to clean shaven, no beards at all, to mustaches only, to everything in between. Kind of like today. There's no doubt that the beard has been serious business for centuries. So now as you can see, a man's beard has played an important and vital role with the conquering heroes of long ago. Actually, throughout all of military history. In the 18th and 19th centuries, for example, the French military had very specific types of facial hair for different roles. The elite troops known as the grenadiers, always sported big, manicured mustaches. The infantrymen wore mustaches and goatees. The gendarmes, the military police basically, were mandated to wear mustache up until 1933. During the First World War, the French troops were known by the nickname "pelou," which means, quite literally, the hairy one due to their ever-present facial hair. Following this trend of virility and aggression led by the French military, troops in the British Army were soon mandated to wear a mustache from 1860 until 1916. In fact, command number 1695 of the King's Code and Regulations stated that the hair on the head will be kept short, the chin and under, the lip will be shaved, but not the upper lip." Then over in Russia, before the reign of Peter the Great, beards were very popular, especially with the Russian clergy. They saw the beard as a symbol of great wisdom and religious learning. Then Peter came along and he regarded the beard as a relic of the Old World he saw getting rid of the beard as a way of culturally modernizing and moving forward symbolically. You know, now it's, it's a bit difficult to track and figure out when and where the beard was in vogue and when it was not. But back over in the United Kingdom, during the Victorian era, beards were banned for a time in the British military. However, during the Crimean War of the 1850s, the cold and harsh climate ultimately forced a change in policy. And by the end of the war, the returning soldiers brought home with them full, thick beards. And this brought about a dramatic change in cultural perception. The perception changed from men who wore beards as being seen as peculiar or unclean to a man's beard being seen as an accessory of a war hero. And the American Civil War saw great expressions of a man's characteristics and symbolism through his facial hair. In fact, Civil War General Ambrose Burnside is, of course, where we got the term sideburns. If you've never seen a photograph of this guy, check him out. It will be clear. His side whiskers and mustache are nothing short of awe-inspiring. Then in the last part of the 19th century, the beard was again losing popularity, whereas the mustache, however, was becoming all the rage. With rugged personalities of people like Theodore Roosevelt, it's no wonder. And then during World War I, soldiers needed to wear a gas mask and a beard would prevent a proper seal making the gas mask ineffective, so the beard was out. Then immediately after the war came the onset of the Spanish flu pandemic, so beards stoke fears about uncleanliness. So as I said, the trends and styles come and go. After the invention of the disposable razor, and then of course the electric razor, beards looked like they were on a downward spiral headed for near extinction, reserved only for the very eccentric or the elderly. Aha, but wait, starting in the 1950s, we saw the beatniks sporting goatees. And of course, this was a symbol of direct rebellion. And as the decade rolled on, the beard was again growing in acceptance for men from all walks of life. Then, of course, from the beatniks, Comes forth the hippies, and the hippies mostly preferred a more natural look, thus making the full bushy beard very popular in the 1970s. Following the full bushy beards of the 60s and 70s, the 80s brought us the new fashion trend of the perpetual five o'clock shadow. Oh, and as a quick side note, women—not that they were growing beards, thank goodness. But in the 80s, they were not to be outdone by all this beard stuff. They were growing and sporting some big, huge hairstyles of their own. Anyway, from the 90s on, I believe beards have become again more of a personal preference than any cultural influence. Still, there are segments of society today who see the clean, shaven look as more professional. And just as many still view a man with a beard as having a more mature and dominant look. But, Whatever. And nowadays, you will also find, depending on where you're at, beard championship competitions. These events are held locally, nationally, and even internationally. In fact, the U.S. National Beard Championship event for 2022 will be held in November in Casper, Wyoming. And as much as I have grown attached to my own beard, I feel that I might be woefully out of my league. And from what I gather, these events are nothing short of full pageantry, minus the swimwear event, I hope. But hey, you never know. Also, as I understand it, concerning these big events, most, if not all, money raised goes to charity. And the man with the best in show walks away with a trophy and major bragging rights. So, wherever you are, on your beard growing adventure, whether you've had it all your life or you're just starting out. Even if you're sporting just a slightly darker line of peach fuzz across your upper lip that your old man kid you about, wear it with pride. And even if you prefer to be clean shaven, remember, you still have to shave your beard. Whatever the case may be, it is your own personal journey. Just please, consider that it's just another scene, another act on life's stage, a sign of wisdom and a coming of age, a time when the hair grows thick and lush upon our chin, where upon our head it grows quite thin. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.